0: All right. so a few years ago, Michaela, um, I've got a couple of nephews that were very young at the time, and I was asked to come babysit them, and at one point, I think maybe they went to bed, and I was on the couch, and I logged onto my phone to try to get into the Wi-Fi, and I saw on the Wi-Fi, uh, one of the networks that I could log onto was FBI Surveillance Van, and I immediately went to the window, I looked down the street, and I'm like, where are (laughs) they? Are they watching me? come to find out that that's just what my cousin named it as a joke, right? Uh, But I was nervous for a minute. Uh, The FBI is sort of this like out there, ethereal sort of uh, agency that's got all this power and they know everything and they see everything, but uh, when it comes to things like hate crimes... Uh, They can be very, very helpful to our community, but what exactly is a hate crime, and how do we engage the FBI in keeping our community safe? So we're so fortunate to have right now on the line a supervisory special agent for the FBI, Sandra Torres-Cohn- Thank you so much for being here. How are you?
1: And come on, female energy. Yes, Sandra.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you
2: so much for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: So let's start off with the basics. You know, we talk about hate crimes a lot. Unfortunately, on our show and as members of our community, we've, we face them too often. Uh, Michaela as a woman uh, and as a lesbian, myself as a queer man. But what actually constitutes a hate crime?
2: Right. So, for our federal level definition, it's it's essentially a traditional offense, like it could be, a, you know, arson, vandalism, murder. Um, but we have to prove that there was an added element of a bias, like a motivating factor, um, motivating the the perpetrator to to commit the crime, and it's because of the tar- the victim's race, ethnicity, religion, national origin, disability sexual orientation, gender, or gender identity. Those are
0: as uh, codified in our federal statute. I love the add uh, gender identity. That's a, that's a clarification I think is super important.
1: Absolutely. Now, I don't want to brag, but my girlfriend calls 911 about everything. And I'm like, Lisa, <laughs> knock it off.
0: We don't recommend that.
1: We do not recommend that. Thank God my cousins are all police officers and part of, part of SWAT. They're like, Lisa, stop doing that. And she's like, okay, sorry, I just got nervous about something. But how does the <laughs> FBI learn of potential hate crimes, do people just call in? Do you have people go out and check it out?
2: Yeah, I could be all, any of those. Um, it's a variety of ways. You know, sometimes we just hear about it on the media before anything else. Um, or they get referred to us from, you know, congressional office because a constituent called them or Department of Justice attorneys. Um, but a lot of times it is either a family member of the victim, the victim themselves calling us or walking into our office Um So, yeah, basically, however it is that we hear about this, and sometimes local law enforcement calls us as well, saying, hey, you know, we came on this call, it looks like it could be a hate crime, and that's another way that we... Uh, investigate. Well,
0: I'll be honest. Every single thing I know about the FBI comes from television and film. That's like really my entire experience with the <laughs> FBI. But, 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 so, it, so, let's just say, for instance, because oftentimes, uh, depending on where our listeners are living in the country, sometimes your local police—they're uh, not always the most trustworthy. Uh, as a queer person, to be honest, uh, and sometimes we don't feel totally uh, supported or comfortable talking to local police, or we feel like maybe they're not—they're not taking uh, issues seriously enough. Um, and what if? What if somebody did want to elevate something and bring it to the attention of the FBI? Uh, Do you then work with the police? Do you come in if if it makes sense? And do you supersede the police? What does that process look like?
2: Right. And thank you for mentioning that, because that is something we're aware of. It's not just, you know, the LGBTQ community. It's a lot of communities, maybe the immigrant, non-citizen communities. Um, Unfortunately, there is some distress at the local level with their local law enforcement. And. We are doing everything we can to get out there and say, look, come straight to us. Call the FBI. Um, we do have a great partnerships with local law enforcement in, around the country and they often call us, but not always, right? So even when they, when they're, they work the case and they do a great job, they may forget to call us and not realize that we're interested in doing a, a federal case. So, you know, my whole take home message is just, don't be intimidated to call the FBI directly or walk into our building if, if you live close enough to one. Um, because we are looking to not just investigate these incidences, but make inroads with the communities who need more of those trusting relationships. Mm.
1: Well, if you're just uh, tuning, in, tuning in, we're talking with supervisory special agent for the FBI, Sandra Torres Cohn. Now, Within the pandemic, we know that there's been a, a lot of crime and, and a lot of things happened between, you know, protests, but has there been an increase in hate crimes?
2: There has been. Um, I think statistically, according to the Uniform Crime Report, which is an annual com- com- compilation of, of hate crime statistics, it's about 25% increase since 2015, and our own FBI caseload has increased as much as 64% from 2019 to 2020 when it comes to hate crime. So, yes, unfortunately, we have seen an increase um, and, you know, we're doing everything we can to combat that because we know that when there's a hate crime, it's not just that one or two victims that got uh, targeted. It could be in a whole community that can um, relate to those characteristics of that victim. And feel in fear until the case is solved. I'm going to say
0: I'm I'm just going to say this, and you don't have to make any comment because you're nonpartisan. But Donald Trump was our president during that time period where the hate crimes increased. So I'm just going to put a little bit of that on his shoulders because his rhetoric is very very hurtful to our community, Uh, but we thank you for doing what you can to keep us safe. Uh, You know, a lot of that that trust uh, has been eroded in these last few years of all of our institutions, right? The FBI included. Uh, What do you want our listeners to know about the FBI and the work that you're doing day in and day out to keep us safe?
2: So I really want to let everybody know that the FBI is essentially a group of people. And, uh, you know, this is my second career, so I can say, you know. Um, this is a great group of people to work with, and um, I actually never miss a good opportunity to recruit because we need to reflect the community we serve. So anyone out there listening that's ever thought of working here. Please go to FBI. Listen, jobs. I can't do it
1: right now, okay? I've been really busy. I'm trying to just finish <laughs> doing the morning show. I am Italian. I have a bad temper, Sandra. But if you need me, just let me know. Okay, good, Michaela. I'm talking to you.
0: <laughs> so yeah. so if, if our listeners do have something they want to bring to the FBI, uh, is there a website or a phone number where they can get a hold of someone?
2: The most um, easy-to-remember way is either to call us at one 800 call FBI. Oh, that's perfect. one 800 Or um, because we have like a clearinghouse, they take in, do the intakes of all complaints and then they get them to the right office. Or go online to tips.fbi.gov.
0: Tips.fbi.gov. Thank you so much uh, for the work you're doing uh, keeping our community and others safe.
1: Thank you so much, Sandra. Oh, yes, yeah, Thank you. Clear.